the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. As we're going through the book of Acts, you know, one of the things that's just so striking, just so inspiring is how much Paul accomplished. And he did all that he did for the Lord, plus had two imprisonments. And we're going to talk about Acts chapter 20 today. And I'm just inspired because I think about uh, what might God do through my life for the sake of the gospel. How much have I suffered for the Great Commission. And just as Paul's life has counted now for 2,000 years, your life too can count for eternity, and you can do things in life that matter for Christ's Great Commission. We're in Acts chapter 20. This is Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here, along with my friend, co-collaborator for a decade plus Bert Harper. Bert, it's good to have you, brother. Well, it's good to be with you, Alex. It's good to be back. I took a couple of days off, had a pre-record on Monday, and I appreciate Jim Stanley setting in, pitching, uh, pinch hitting for me tomorrow, uh, yesterday, get ahead of yeah, myself. Yeah. And uh, But I was out. I, I just want to give a shout-out. Uh, Saturday night or afternoon, I had a class reunion of my senior graduating class. Now, it had been a wow. while, so we had to reintroduce ourselves to one another. <laughs> well, I, everybody had changed, Alex, but me. But, but you not know? you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. And, it was that way at my 25th. Yeah. I, I don't understand it, but go ahead. But there's several that said they listen, and I wanted to give a shout-out to those guys in my class that I graduated with in 1970 and say thank you. But also, uh, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary and how we did it. We had our five grandchildren spend the night with us. Now, that's a great way to do it, but we had Chrisley, Jude, Caleb, Andrew, and John Wyatt all there, and we had a great time. So I needed those two days, but it's always good to be back. Well, amen. Well, congratulations on that. I'm sure that was a very special gathering with your high school folks and family and time with Jan. And hey, by the way, before we get into Acts 20, um, can you give us an update on Fishbowl, Bert? Well, uh, we're getting everything set. The promotions on the radio will begin real soon. And again, if you want to register and you know, or want to register your pastor, I'd suggest make it a surprise, but get their permission first because they need those dates free. And uh, so it is October the 19th through the 21st this year. It's going to be at Pickwick Landing State Park near Savannah, Tennessee. It's beautiful. It's on the Tennessee River. The lodge there is just every room is overlooking the river, and it's a great view. And Ed Vitagliano is going to be the guest teacher. Uh, J.J. Jasper will be speaking. So you can go to repairingthefoundations.net. That is repairingthefoundations, that's plural, .net. Or you can call 662-844-5036 and extension 297. But it's easier, repairingthefoundations.net. We're looking forward to it. Well, those are always so good, and uh, folks, uh, to hear Ed Vitagliano, that it would be worth it just for that alone, but uh, all of the good things at Fishbowl, we encourage people to uh, avail yourself to that ministry. Well, we are in Acts chapter 20, and yesterday Jim Stanley and I were talking about, um, you know, Paul wanted to go to Jerusalem by Pentecost, and he uh, gave this message, a very stirring message, actually, to the elders of um, the Ephesus church. And he talked about how, you know, he was serving the Lord in all humility of mind, and he was, you know, testifying to the Jews and the Greeks. The Spirit of God was leading him. He was going bound to Jerusalem, compelled to do that. And in verse 24, Jim and I camped out on this a little bit yesterday. He said, you know, the afflictions, the persecution, none of these things move me or shake me. Uh, No no, uh, obstacle dissuaded Paul from his service to the Lord. He said, I do not count my life dear to myself. In other words, he was willing to lay down his life and die for the sake of his calling, his Savior, 
and the gospel. And Bert, let's begin today, and we're going to finish up 20. But in verse 27, Paul said, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, to shun something means to push it away or reject it. And to declare the counsel of God, he was preaching the, the word and telling people the truth of, of God's word. Bert, um, have we been guilty in, in recent years of not giving people the full uh, content of God's word? I agree with you. That's the difference in converts and discipleship, okay? Uh, you really want to develop a, a disciple. Now, yes, they've got to be converted first, but after that, we're God doesn't take us to heaven immediately after we're saved. He leaves us here. And during that period of time, to declare someone the whole counsel of God, it starts with the gospel, Alex. It really does. Don't ever forget that. And then it says, you remember over what Peter said, add to your faith, you know? Mm -hmm. And you add to your faith through what? The whole counsel of God. And it's concerning the scriptures, concerning who Jesus is. And and that lets you know, I, I would call it a, a biblical worldview, Alex, uh, when yes, you do that. Absolutely. This whole counsel of God will develop a biblical worldview, how you look at life, how you look at marriage, uh, how you look at the church, how you look at the political realm in which we live. No matter what kind of political situation you're in, you look at it through the lens of Scripture. As ours, uh, Democratic Republic, we look at it through that. Uh, for those that are in different uh, places, that they look at that through their biblical worldview. So, Alex, uh, pastors, Sunday school teachers, <clears throat> radio personalities, uh, mm -hmm. we're to give the whole counsel of God. Well, amen. And, you know, that whole counsel of God, Folks, the controversial issues of our day uh, cease to be uh, volatile and controversial if you accept the Bible as the Word of God. Uh, not partly the Word of God, but uh, part of the reason that um, we know where we stand is because we know where the Bible stands. And Bert, I, I believe that uh, Paul's a great role model, but every Christian, every church, every ministry, every denomination should just make it their founding uh, presupposition that we will, if we're going to name the name Christian, we're going to live by the Bible. And that would solve a lot of problems. Well, <laughs> well said, uh, Alex. Well said. Paul says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Uh, know that the church belongs to Jesus. Now, Jesus bought the church with his own blood. And the way we feed, lead, uh, live, the role models that we are, uh, how we act and how we react, Paul's right, shouldn't we take heed? Because uh, the Holy Spirit has allowed us to be overseers. And Bert, it's not just the pastor over this or that church. I think we're overseers of our neighbors that are watching us. We're certainly overseers of our children and loved ones around us. In one way or another, as a witness, it isn't every believer kind of an overseer accountable for how they live as a representative of Christ? I, I would agree with you, Alex. And remember, you've already stated it, who he's speaking to. He's speaking to a church at Ephesus. Three years, he said, he's been with you. And this is kind of his exit sermon. This is his sermon he's leaving with them. Uh, it's kind of like, what did he say when he left? He is telling them that, and he's reminding them of two things, their position and their responsibilities. And that overseer, and notice what it, he makes it plain to shepherd or feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, Jesus. Amen. Now, so what he's talking about, he's bringing it back to this relationship. Since we have a relationship with Christ, guess what, Alex? We have a relationship with others, our brothers and sisters in Christ. But as you see, our neighborhood, we, we are in step with them to share the good news of Christ, the whole counsel of God. And especially, let's get back to it more importantly, the most important place 
for missions and minister to take place is in the home. And so this is where it's at. And, and he makes it plain for, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves, now isn't that a mm. word picture, will come yes. in among you, not sparing the flock. Yes. Ra- ravaging wolves, Alex, mad wolves, wolves. They're, they're not just killing to, uh, to eat. They're killing for the joy of, of killing, you know. Uh, there's animals that way. They call them. They they're mad, and uh, they try to find out if there's a bear or a wolf, and if they're on a killing rampage just for the th- sake of killing. Uh, and here he's talking about these wolves coming in, these spiritual yes. wolves coming in to savage the flock. Well, you know, and and listen, folks. I want to stick with Acts twenty, but in our day, I mean, we have seen the most savage of false teachers and and nowhere is that more prominent than the three four decade long attempt to mainstream homosexuality and to normalize deviant sexual behavior friends homosexuality transgenderism uh polyamorous relationships promiscuity call it what you will the bible says it is sin and it will condemn your soul and harm your body. And Bert now with cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons promoting LGBTQ Trans yeah. Pride Month, uh, cereals and grocery store. Our grocery store where Angie and I get groceries, there's this big display. Now, now you talk about how devious this is. Who who eats a lot of cereal? Children. And the, the appealing cartoon-like packaging and... I'm telling you, these are savage times where people are spreading false doctrines. Verse 30 says that they're going to speak perversely about you. They're going to slander you to draw away disciples after them. Now, the word there in Acts 20, verse 30, about the false teachers, the the peddlers of unholy, anti-biblical worldviews, says they're trying to draw away. The word is apostasy. See, here's the thing. Jesus is the Savior. Satan is the one who leads people into darkness to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and I'll just say this, Burton, I'll throw it back to you. Anybody that, and that, this could be a college professor or a Hollywood celebrity, but those that are trying to lead people away from the Lord and his word, they might not know it, but they're actually servants of Satan. Oh, me. They are. And, and, Listen, we stand against that because we stand for God. Now, that's important. Uh, People will say, oh, all you're doing, you're against. No, we're for. We're for the family. We're for real marriage. We are for your real identity. Not a false, not a fake, but real. And that's what Christianity deals in. Christianity deals in reality, the reality of heaven and hell, the reality of being saved or not saved, the reality of light or darkness. And so that is what Paul is getting there. And when we come back, verse 31, one of his favorite words, therefore. (laughs) Alex, you know, that's what he says. He says, this is the way it is, but therefore we got something to do, don't we? And we've got a word in verse 31. You're, You're going to be amazed. You will be amazed at the word in that verse. So stay tuned. Exploring the Word is going to be back with Acts 20 and your phone calls and questions. Stay tuned. We're back after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Tony Dearman, Director of the Bureau of Indian Education. He works to provide quality education opportunities from early childhood through life in accordance with a tribe's needs for cultural and economic well-being. Proverbs 22.6 reminds us of the importance of a good education. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Tony Dearman We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Our National Leadership Prayer Journal guides you in daily prayer for our country's leaders. 
and provides historical insights on our nation and scripture. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says too many believers are living on a spiritual diet that's doing them more harm than good. He'll tell us about a healthier option today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Anybody here like Krispy Kreme donuts? You can get filled with nice, sugary, sweet donuts. So the body feels full. But what you have filled yourself with is of absolutely no nutritional value. They're called empty calories. But they're sweet, enjoyable empty calories. So that in fact, you are worse off for what you enjoyed. Because the body can't use it. The soul of the believer has been constructed or engineered to receive righteousness from God and it feeds on it. It feeds on righteousness. What we do is we fill ourselves with unrighteousness. We fill ourselves with worldliness. We fill ourselves with sin, but because it's sugar, it smells good and tastes good and fills us up. We think our souls are okay when it was of absolutely no nutritional value. And we find out that instead of growing spiritual muscle, we're accumulating spiritual flab. Because his righteousness is not the standard by which decisions are made. You can read hundreds of Dr. Evans' best stories in Tony Evans' book of illustrations. Check into getting a copy today at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you. I want to remind you of something that I hope you'll be a part of this Sunday. It's Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. That's Sunday, June the 13th. And, and we're inviting millions of Americans to join us in prayer for our law enforcement officers. Uh, they're putting themselves on the line each day. And so that is difficult and hard for them. They get up every day and go to work, and you know, never knowing what they may face. So we want to pray for them. Urge your pastor, uh, your Sunday school class, to pray for those law enforcement officers, especially those in your small groups and those in your church. And and if you know any, thank and appreciate them. The other day, I was at a restaurant, and I saw a law enforcement officer come in, and I saw the person in front of him. I was already seated there. Uh, he paid ahead, and when that law enforcement officer came time for him to, to pay, that food had already been paid for. He really appreciated that, and it was great to see. So uh, I pray that you'll let the uh, law enforcement officers know of your appreciation for them, and so that is so important to do. But we're in Acts chapter 20, and Alex and I was at verse 31. And again, I I made mention, Alex, it says two really important words, therefore, watch. (laughs) Okay, let me see. I think Paul may have been uh, referring Jesus. I don't know if he knew everything Jesus had said, but he said, watch and pray. But he says, therefore, watch and remember so we're to watch and pray, we're to watch and remember, but I'm telling you, we are to watch. Why? Because of the verse before it about those ravaging wolves coming in. We're kind of yes. like watchmen on the wall, aren't we? We, we really are. We, we really are. And verse 31 is such a significant verse, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. You know, Paul was a powerful teacher, and he was a powerful evangelist and soul winner, and he taught 
doctrine and truth, but apparently he had emotion too. In other words, he was pleading with them. He said, remember. Now, there was a word, Bert, before the break, I wanted to mention this word. And the word remember, we, we know we need to remind ourselves of things. But have you ever heard the phrase a mnemonic device? It's one of those yeah. funny words with an M and an N together. Now, people might make up an acronym, but a mnemonic device is a way you remember stuff. Like maybe you tie a thread around your finger, or maybe you write yourself a note, or maybe you create an acronym like, you know, uh, STAND or IVDAR or TEAM. I, I create many acronyms to help me remember things. Well, the wording there for the word remember is a form of the word mnemonic. In other words, this thing, look, that Jesus is the risen Son of God. The Bible is the Word of God. And there is no Savior but Christ. And we Christians are called out, and the Lord owns us because He bought us with His own blood. These core, foundational, eternal beliefs. Paul's saying there is so important. Uh, remember it. Take watch. Be alert. Create a mnemonic device. But the word remembering there is the word mnemonic for however you memorize, whatever it takes. Memorize this, know it, live it, that we don't budge on what God's Word says about creation, morality, marriage, family, the church, salvation. Why, why are we so rigid, as some might say, Bert? Because we're talking about the souls of people. We're talking about eternity. And Bert, let me say this, and I'll throw it back to you. Um, listen, I, I say this as a humble, saved sinner grateful to Christ that he would die for me. But I will say this, those ravening wolves and the people that have led others astray, and nowadays the people that are saying, well, you know, we know what the Bible says, but here's what we're going to do anyway, they're going to have a lot to answer for, for, for having taught people things that jeopardize their soul. Alex, uh, it is appointed once to die, and then the judgment. There's going to be a judgment for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior. It's the judgment seat of Christ where we'll receive or be denied awards that, you know, that that sh we should have uh, received if we'd have done faithfully. But there's going to be another judgment, and it is going to be the great white throne judgment, and those that have lost are going to stand before it. And, uh, you know, everybody says, hell worse for some than others do you in my opinion uh, you know whether the degrees are hotter i don't know whether the fallen feeling i don't know but this i do know you remember the rich man lazarus in hell the rich man remembered his five brothers mm -hmm. he remembered lazarus i really i know this now i don't know everything about hell that what degrees and what areas they're going to be i do not know i know it's loneliness i know it's the fear of falling the gnashing of teeth the yelling the two things that that babies are fearful of hell is a place it's a bottomless pit a baby's afraid of falling that that mm. feeling is going to continue for eternity and loud noises scared gnashing mm -hmm. teeth the sounding i know that but i still believe as i read that about the rich man the memories the possibilities that they had, and and Alex, you said it. The contribution that this rich man probably made concerning his five brothers that were following him to hell, he was wanting to reverse that. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a time when these people, and again, it'll be too late. They'll already suffered. That they, oh man, I missed that. So those memories are going to be there. So here's what he said. I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. He, mm. His pleading was real. Warning. Good preaching is not just teaching. Good preaching has some warning to it, Alex. That's and true. It, it's warning about eternity, but it's also warning about your present decisions that you make, brother. Well, that that's very true. That's very true. And uh, he says, therefore, watch, remember, 
Uh, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, uh, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So he's, you know, giving kind of a, a final benediction, if you will. And verse 33 and following, he says, hey, I didn't covet any man's clothes or money or anything like that. You, you know these things I've ministered. And he says, I've looked after my own necessities. I've showed you all things now that so laboring you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think what Paul is saying here, after giving them this strong, strong admonition to take care to their doctrine or their teaching, and it's by the word of God that we're saved, he says, look, um, I didn't tell you these things because I was after financial gain or anything like that. He said, now you shared with necessities and you ministered to me. Um, but he says, D keep on doing this. The Lord said it is more blessed to give than receive. By the way, I look at this and I see uh, from 29 to 32, the theological ministries of the church, but really 33 through 35, the benevolent ministries of the church. And we do both, don't we, Bert? I mean, it talks about giving a cup of cold water in his name, Christ's name. Uh, we give a cup of cold water, but we also give out his name. So in a way, uh, you do see that the, the church has a benevolent ministry. The church has a theological ministry. And chapter 20 concludes, uh, they kneel down and they pray and they, they wept and they fell on Paul's neck and kissed him sorrowing most of all for the words he spake, for they should see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. Bert, have you ever been, and I'm sure you have, in a missionary commissioning service? Oh, yes. And, um, I remember when I lived in Colorado, and we had the privilege of commissioning some international missionaries to go to China, and they are there to this day. That's been about 15 years ago, and... and uh, we we knew that this side of heaven we might not see them anymore. It's it's a a wonderful thing. It can be a rather poignant thing, but part of the church from time immemorial has been uh, engaged in a series of goodbyes, so that lost souls would have a a meeting with the Savior. And we Christians we're the only ones that can really handle a goodbye. Because we know that there's going to be a reunion day. Amen. And it's going to happen. Paul, in this, I would say, summing up what he is saying, and you were talking about the benevolent, he is demonstrating, he said, I was an example before you, not only in theology, but also in the area of sharing and giving. I was an example to you. And again, if you're a shepherd and an overseer, you are to be an example. You're to, if you're the pastor, if you're the Sunday school teacher, you're to equip, not just through uh, the answering the questions and knowing the theology, but you're to equip them in ministry as an example, demonstrating that in your own life. But then, as you said, as he comes to the end and, and he is praying for them, notice what he said to these. When he had said these things, he finished up what he is saying. Uh, I've had the privilege of, of resigning churches and moving on to another, and it's always emotional. Uh, now, again, he had been at Ephesus longer than he had been even at Antioch, his descending church, Alex. Uh, he had spent more time in Ephesus than probably all the time he had spent at Antioch up to this time. And so these people are very close to him, and they love him, and they were sorrowing that he was leaving. But you're just talking about the missionaries leaving. Uh, in the 1800s, uh, 1700s and 1800s, missionaries from America went out all over the world. And some of them knew that they'd never be back. And, and it is recorded some of them took their caskets that they would be buried in with them, knowing that this is, their, this is it. They said goodbye to the family forever, knowing they'd never come back, never be uh, see them again. And so here you see the missional work of God, knowing that we may not see you down here, 
but we will see you up there. That is the promise we have in him. And so that is the reason Paul could say, I am bound to go to Jerusalem. Even if death is waiting on me, I'm okay because I know I'll be with God. To be absent from down here, I'm going to be with God up there. And I can assure you that if you follow him, you can be there with me. So Alex, Mm -hmm. he concludes this. Now, notice how he does it. It's really based on a promise, you know, that Mm -hmm. Jesus had given in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. And so Paul knew that. And later on in Timothy, he would write, I'm poured out like water. I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready. The time, you know, of my departure is at hand. I, I think he'd been living that way ever since he'd been saved. Yeah. But from this point in Ephesus to the last time we read about him in Second Timothy, do you? I, every time he writes, it's that I'm ready to be offered. My life yeah. is in his hands. Uh, not that he had finished his work, but he he knew he had obeyed the Lord up until then, and he didn't want to stop now, did he? No, he didn't. And, you know, his um, second imprisonment was so harsh. I mean, really, and I know you and I, we've never really done a show about that yet. Um, during his first imprisonment, I mean, he had he had some people to encourage him and things like that. But I think the language that Paul would use about, I'm ready to be offered, the time of my departure is at hand. You know, it was about 60, <coughs> excuse me, 66 to 67 A.D. Right. that he was martyred in Rome, uh, maybe beheaded, um, but uh, he, he knew that the longer he lived, he knew that eventually he would leave this world, but uh, it would probably be at the hands of the people that were such fierce opponents of the gospel, and he knew that. Alex, uh, before we go to 21, I, I got to make this. I love this last phrase. They accompanied him to the ship. Now, yeah. uh, those I, I I just give a personal example, and it's 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 about one of our sons. Uh, our youngest son uh, was going in for the possibility of finding an illness that uh, the doctor said we just got to check this out. He may be suffering from this, and so we've got to take him in, check it out, and see. And if it's true, it's going to be a lifelong struggle. Well. Nathan, I mean, uh, excuse me, Jan and I was with Micah, and uh, we got to the, as far as we could go into the, uh, you know, the room where they were going to take him and run the test. And they said, Mom, Dad, you can't go any further. You have to stop here. And we had trained Micah enough that he looked up and he said, the Lord is with me. Now, he couldn't talk plain, so he had a little bit of speech there issue, but the Lord is with me. And Alex, Amen. listen, Amen. that accompanied him to the ship. Listen, we can only go so far with people. We can yeah. only go so far. And people can only go so far for us. But our God, our God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is with us always, even in the ship that is departing or into the surgery that we're going into. Alex, Amen. that's good news, isn't it? That, that is great news. That is great news. And the Lord is with you, folks. Turn to him. Cleave to him. Walk with Jesus. He's nearby as close as a prayer, and he wants to be that friend who sticks closer than a brother. Well, stay tuned. We're going to come right back with your phone calls on today's edition of Exploring the Word. Don't go away. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you for standing with us, and we thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr 
president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap Weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Major League Baseball was slapped with a $1.1 billion lawsuit for pulling the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta. The Job Creators Network, an organization that advocates for small businesses, filed the lawsuit arguing the MLB's decision cost Georgia businesses $100 million in lost revenue and is seeking $1 billion in punitive damages. MLB bought into the false narrative about Georgia's voter integrity law that replaced signature verification with a photo ID requirement, while MLB itself requires IDs at will-call ticket windows at its ballparks all across the country. The Job Creators Network is saying enough. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. We read this about Jesus in 1 Peter 2, 23. He continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. When our son Joshua was little, he loved jumping from the stairs. He jumped from the first step, then the second step, and then the third step. But by the time he got to the fourth step, he wanted me there to catch him. And then he'd confidently jump from the fifth, the sixth, and sometimes even the seventh step. Why was he able to jump so far? Because he trusted his dad's hands. You can entrust your life into your heavenly father's strong, faithful hands. Even when your circumstances are painful, you can live with joy because God is always faithful and always good. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. That number, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is another way to say that. But it's the same number. But we hope you'll give us a call. Alex and I would love to hear from you. Our board is clear, so we're ready to receive those calls. And when we do, we'll give as good an answer as we can. Alex, today I got to meet a friend of yours, uh, Jerry Drace. And uh, yes. it was a joy to meet him. Matter of fact, he was telling us about a conference that they're going to have uh, up in Nashville, Tennessee, right before the Southern Baptist Convention about family. And he's excited about that. And uh, Jerry Drace is a good friend of yours, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm so indebted to Jerry and Becky Drace. Uh, Angie and I have known them for 20 years, loved them. And seriously, it was Jerry Drace who got me my audience with James Dobson and I was offered a job and that was just a literally a career changer for me to go and we took truth for a new generation to focus on the family and uh, the books that I've been able to write I am so indebted to this brother and, and you know what I mean seriously with with one phone call Jerry Drace changed our life and our ministry and I'm forever indebted and isn't it a blessing when God has put you in a place and you can be a blessing to others just like he was to us. And, you know, we, we try to pass it along. So they're, they're good folks, and I love their ministry, Hope for the Home. But, um, hey, we're going to go to some calls and questions here on today's edition of Exploring the Word. The number is 888-589-8840. And let's go to Louisiana and talk to JB. JB, are you there? Yeah. Hey, guys. Appreciate Welcome. the call. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you guys are doing some great work, and uh, I really appreciate you guys. And you know, especially you calling out the point of how the world, or I don't know, you know, Hollywood or liberal types are trying to indoctrinate the kids, you know, in the whole agenda that they have with the LGBT 
all that. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a travesty. You know, at the house, I was having Bible study yesterday. We were going over Matthew 12, uh, the area of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And, you know, my kid was asking me, you know, this is always a tough one, but, you know, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? And I uh, I started to, you know, I tried to explain as best I could. Um, you know, I'm familiar with kind of how to explain that to a degree. But then I was also thinking about how, in um you know the matthew i think 18 where he talks about but whoever causes one of these little ones to who believe me to sin would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea and um you know it's almost my feeling that the way that the this whole uh transgender thing and, and the, all the you know, the sin in that way, and they're, how they're trying to convince children. I almost am wondering if, if this is an area where it's it's almost blasphemy against the Holy Spirit from the standpoint that, I mean, it's already hitting the uh, special revelation. It's hitting the natural revelation. I mean, these these are just intrinsic things God pours upon us as a as a world. We wouldn't have to have had the, world, uh, the Word to know about sexuality. And you know, I mean, do you think how, do you think that's coming close to that, or, or is it even maybe blasphemy against the Holy let, Spirit? Let me jump in here for leaders? just a minute, if I may. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Here. Yeah. Um, in in the Matthew twelve, the Pharisees were attributing to Satan the works of Jesus, uh, and. They had such an unparalleled level of knowledge. You know, it's it's interesting how um, Jesus had talked about in that very same chapter, I believe it is, uh, Matthew 12, if I recall, it's talking about the servant that knew his master's will was beaten with many stripes, and the servant who didn't know his master's will was beaten with few stripes. Okay, the Jewish people at that time, the Pharisees and the leaders, they knew the prophecies. They knew Jesus had fulfilled everything. Jesus had demonstrated everything to prove his Messiahship, and they were attributing to Satan what Jesus was doing. And that was the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit that was just, um, you know, inexcusable, verse 31. Uh, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. So the only sin that is, quote, the unforgivable sin nowadays is to die and leave this world in a state of unbelief. Any, No matter what you've done, grievous as it may be, if you will turn to Christ, uh, you can be forgiven. You can be saved. Uh, I was thinking of Luke 12, where he talks about few stripes and many stripes, not Matthew 12. But, Bert, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I, I think like the French atheist John Paul Sartre, who cursed God and told the Holy Spirit to leave him. And, and he said that happened. Uh, God never bothered him anymore. I think people can resist the Spirit till the Spirit stops calling, but... Anybody that wants to be saved can be saved. There's no sin you've committed that would put you from God's reach of salvation if you will turn to him. I would agree. And, Alex, it does make a difference how you treat the Spirit of God. Uh, He's the one that God sent to convict the world of sin. He is the one that shows its judgment. He is the one that draws you to the Father. And when you speak to the Holy Spirit by not letting him in, not letting him do his work, not listening to the conviction, you're pronouncing that death. So, yes, you do that. But is there a point where you will turn around, where the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you anymore? Just let me say this. If you're wondering and you want to be saved, and I I believe that means, hey, God's still working in your life. And so turn to Christ and, and let me say, I agree with JB on the area, in certain areas, what's being promoted concerning identity, gender identity, what's being promoted as marriage that is not marriage, uh, there's going to be severe judgment. 
And I think it says in the book of Romans, uh, JB, I think that would be where you would go to find your statements. They're going further and further downward in a spiral that leads to destruction. And the further you go down, the more difficult it is for you. God, you know, God can bring you up, but you go further and further down, Alex, your heart grows harder. I think Pharaoh's an example of that. He said no again and again, and each time he said no, that heart of his grew harder and harder, even to the point of complete rejection. So here's the key. Here's the key. Listen, don't say no to God. Say Mm. yes to him. Today's the day of salvation. Don't turn away. Let's go to Kentucky and speak with Loretta. Loretta, thanks for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, Glad to hear from you. I I have uh, children, older children in their teen years that are very inquisitive and want to know what assurances does the Bible offer us that... um, the angels that remain in heaven won't once again decide they want to be like God the same way that Satan did. Um, and, you know, once we get to heaven, we won't make that decision. Okay. That makes sense? I hear I what you're saying, Loretta. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say the angels had that point. Alex, would you call it a point in time? You know? Yeah. When Lucifer led the rebellion and they made a decision, here's the issue. It's now in God's hands. And once we come over into God's hands, the Bible makes it plain, I'd say, in John chapter 10, Romans 8. Those are about as strong as you get, Alex, that God has done this the saving. It is him that has brought us out of the pit, out of that miry clay. And he's the one that's put a new song in our heart, according to what Psalm says. And so it's based on who he is, Loretta, not based on who we are. If it was left up to us, <laughs> I agree with you. No hope, Alex. But once we come to God, God brings us in. And we. what does the Bible talk about in Hebrews? He brings us into his rest. Yes, exactly. And and also, let me say this. Um, there is the reality that relationship must involve choice. Now, for us, the, the issue of eternity is settled in this life. Either you accept the Lord and his overtures or you reject. Um, but for the angels, apparently the test was... Back when, you know, Revelation 12 talks about that the dragon swept a third of the stars out of heaven. Now, Ezekiel 28, 15, speaking of Lucifer, says, You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. So Lucifer conned one-third of the angels into joining him in a failed coup attempt. And here's the thing. The angels that didn't fall, the two-thirds of angels that chose to be true to God, their creator, they are now in a fixed state of righteousness. We who are born again through the blood of Jesus, we trust the Lord. When we enter heaven in our glorified body, we are in a fixed state of imputed righteousness. And so the test is past. And there'll never be another rebellion. There'll never be another fall in heaven. And uh, we don't need to worry that a thousand years into eternity, there might be another Genesis chapter 3 and a fall of angel or man. It won't be. We'll be in that fixed state of righteousness. Uh, Loretta, uh, man, that's the reason youth challenge you. They think of stuff and they're... Uh, they haven't learned they're not supposed to ask it yet. <laughs> so I love those questions. Yeah, I do too. Thank you, Loretta. S- hey, speaking of youth, can we go to Texas and talk to Chris? Hey, hey Chris. Good morning, y'all. Yes. Good Howdy. Good to have you. Well, hey, uh, I was just trying to uh, get on here and see. Um, it's actually my birthday, so this is probably the best thing I'm 
going to do all day. So thank you so much for taking my phone call. Happy birthday, uh, Chris. Happy and for birthday. your And for your birthday present, I will not sing for you. You don't know oh, what a blessing that yeah. is, Chris, but it is a real blessing. I, I think I think that's a reverse of a blessing. I'd love to hear you. No, you would not. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's over here saying, please don't, Bert, please don't. But, yeah, but welcome, Chris, Go and happy birthday oh, again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I was actually just getting on the phone. Um, I, I, You know, we hear a lot of the stuff that's going on nowadays with the youth, and it's just getting worse and worse. Um, especially with the up-and-coming um, kids coming out of high school. You know, I recently got out of high school in 2017, which is not too far from now. And, um, you know, I, it, it, it really baffles me. Um, currently, um, um, I'm going into the National Guard of the state of Texas, and we do a drill every month beforehand. And it really baffles me how many kids either reject or don't um they don't recognize god or christianity um it, it it's it's sickening honestly chris uh i i just want to tell you alex and i've talked about this i never saw would see the day that was the name of dr david jeremiah's great book i never thought i'd see the day and what's being taught uh and it is, you said it, about 40 years of indoctrination, Alex, uh, of no God. But I, I want to go to the root, and then, Alex, you finish up with the answer. Honestly, the root is evolutionary, Darwinian evolutionary thought. That is the root of it, anything but God. That's what they were looking for when Darwin came up with a theory. They said, oh, that's, that's what we're looking for. We don't have to have God. We have this possibility rather than God. And when they, when you take God out of that equation, Alex, you are left with chaos, aren't you? You really are. And, and Charles Darwin, I want to say this, Charles Darwin and his theory of evolution has put more people in hell than all the, the bootleggers and brewers combined. I mean, uh, here's the thing. Uh, our founding document, the, the Declaration of Independence, says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Now, today, people might think that the, the core word in that sentence is the word equal, equality, justice. The core word, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all are created Created is the key word in the declaration because either you believe in a God who made us or you don't. Now, part of the reason, Bert, that we are we don't even have the moral sensibility to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, to say marriage is between a man and a woman, uh, to say that uh, if you are a felon and a lawbreaker and a terrorist, you should face justice. I mean, we're a nation in chaos because we have denied the Creator. And if there is no Creator God, then there, there are no boundaries. It is literally anything goes. And that's what we're seeing. We must turn back to our acknowledgement of God. Who is the standard? Alex, listen. Uh, if any human being is a standard... We're all in bad shape, but Jesus Christ mm. is that righteousness, and we're to have his righteousness, not our own, and turn to God. He is the designer, the creator, the redeemer, and in him we have life. And guess what? We can have it abundantly. Trust Amen. Christ. Don't trust anyone or anything else. Alex, we'll be in chapter 21 tomorrow in the book of Acts. Looking forward to it, brother. It's going to be great. Read on ahead in Acts 21 if you want to. We'll be here tomorrow on the American Family Radio Network. Folks, pray for this country. Pray for America. Tell someone about AFR. Exploring the Word, most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.